Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shante, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So friends, we have made it to yet the end of another series, the self-love series, and I hope that you are loving yourself. I hope that you have really been brought to the realization that not only is self-love biblical, but it's absolutely necessary. It's kind of like one of the foundational components that really build every other component of your life, okay? Because when you don't love yourself, it influences your relationships, it influences your job, it influences your choices. Like it's just so many things. And I am super excited about today's guest. And I know I say that about all my guests, but I really mean it this time. Actually, I mean it all the times, but I super mean it this time. And it's because this woman has been a listener of this show and my other show for years. First of all, I'm always like really humbled that you all listen to me at all, period, because, oh my gosh, there's so many other things you could be doing with your day. There are well over a million podcasts in the podcast sphere. And so there are so many other voices that you could be listening to. And the fact that you would take the time to listen to me of all people still, even today, blows my mind. And this is one of those people, but she's not just a listener. She is a listener who took her passion for faith and for womanhood and for mental health and for social work and social justice and really parlayed that into her own platform, the Soul Food Collective. And I watched her pursue her master's in social work. And now she's just out here doing the dog on thing. I'm so proud of you, Miss Lucretia Slater. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. That was one heck of an introduction. (laughs) You deserved it, girl. You deserve it. You deserve it. Because not only has she been just a faithful listener of the show, but she really does walk the talk. You know, a lot of people, when they build platforms, they're just kind of like out here saying things, out saying things and selling things, but she really does walk the talk. She really does have a heart for people. And she is a veteran of the United States Armed Forces. So thank you for your service, ma'am. I appreciate you (laughs) and all that you've done for our country. But for this specifically, I really wanted to invite you here to talk about self-love because this is what you do. This is what you love. This is what you're passionate about. So before we even get into any part of the series, tell me why this pricks your heart so much, why this is the the place where you have landed. Well, first, thank you so much, Dr. Shantae, for inviting me to your platform. It really is a huge honor. And I just pray that every one of your listeners are blessed and impacted by not just this episode, but every one of your episodes. So self-love, you know, this has been a journey of mine since I can remember. And I think why I've chosen to land here is because I've seen this concept so misconstrued amongst women and especially Mm. women of color. Mm. And it's just become one of those, those topics of mine that I really am passionate about educating and inspiring and empowering women to understand that it is so much more than the surface or what we see on social media or what we see portrayed in TV on TV. It's so much more than that. It really is. And we're going to get into the so much more today, actually. So we've been talking about kind of like the biblical components of this and, you know, how self-love really ties to God's intention and plan for us. And so, you know, you had an opportunity to listen to to the series. And so 
what what has struck you so far? What has jumped out? I think is what really stood out to me is actually the day that so I created a post on the exact same thing that you talked about. <laughs> and it's so funny because I hadn't listened. alignment. It was divine yes. <laughs> alignment. <laughs> yes. I hadn't listened to the episode at that time, but when I released it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I said. God, you know what you're doing. Um, because I'm paraphrasing what you talked about. So really just this element of really getting into the thick of self-love. We look at it surface level. We look at it. Oh, um, you know, I think the example you used was a baby, how you show the baby you're doing all the good things and cute, cuddly things with the baby. But there's so much more that goes into the care of that baby. baby that, <laughs> right, right. That may or may not get shown, you know, you up in the wee hours of the night taking care of the baby. And if the baby is still breastfeeding, you breastfeeding with sore nipples just all the things all the things (laughs) yes it's like that really stood out to me because it coincided with the post that I made like okay we know how to do self-care things but do we really know how to take care of ourselves do we really know what that looks like the pink tambourine has come out (laughs) yes ma'am like we know how to do self-care things but do we know how to take care of ourselves and this is really important because here's here's one of the reasons why I invited Lucretia to the show because, you know, I, I say all the time that my life ain't been no crystal stair, but Lucretia's life ain't been no crystal stair either. And mm-hmm. even though we don't have time to get into, you know, all of the, the, the backstories of, of, of the things that we have overcome, I think that there is a key difference because I want to parse out what you just said. I think there's a key difference between taking care of yourself, quote unquote, and surviving. And I think a lot of us have been surviving. You know, we have, we will say things like, child, I've been taking care of myself since I was 13 years old. I've been taking care of myself since I was, you know, 17 years old. And yeah, you may have learned to do for yourself. You may have learned to survive and get by and make it from one day to the next. But care is a different dynamic. Care hits way different. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. So I'll build on the post that I made the other day. So it's like, okay, what do I mean by we know how to do self-care things, but not take care of ourselves? We got to ask ourselves some really hard questions because see, a lot of times we stick with the superficial surface level things and elements of self-care. Self-care is a huge component of self-love. And when we start to come to the table and ask ourselves these hard questions, okay, am I really taking taking care of myself in this area? Am I lying to myself? Am I disrespecting myself? Am I breaking promises and boundaries that I established for myself by engaging in unhealthy behaviors, unhealthy connections and relationships? All these things, they they factor into us taking care of ourselves, which builds upon the self-care which grows the self-love for ourselves. Because we hear it all the time. Oh, you gonna respect me. You gonna respect me. But uh, do you respect yourself? Are you honoring yourself? Like, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we, we teach people how to treat us. And one of the ways that we teach people how to treat us is in the very thing that you said in terms of we make these promises to ourselves and then we let people violate those promises. We let people violate those boundaries. And then we come up with all kinds of justifications for why we allow those things to happen. And 
as much as we talk about self-love, one of the, the, the key litmus test of how much you love yourself is really how you interact with other people. Like yep. it's, it, we don't live as islands unto ourselves. We just don't, you know, we are, we were created in community. We were created for community. And so, you know, as, as we're navigating life relationships, whether those are parental relationships, whether those are significant other slash spousal relationships, whether those are relationships with family and what have you, a lot of, of the evidence or the litmus test as to whether or not you really are loving yourself is, is how well or not you are holding to those boundaries, how well you are holding to those promises that you made for yourself. And to Lucretia's point, we can all talk a good game about how we you know demand respect and how respect is not negotiable. And that might be the public facing statement, mm -hmm. but in real life, behind closed doors, mm, it's a, it's a different thing. And a lot of people are really hesitant because as Brene Brown has said, not once, not twice, a million times, we are hardwired for love and belonging. Yeah. And it's that key fear. If I enforce this boundary, if I keep this promise to myself, I'm going to lose love or I'm mm -hmm. not going to belong. So how do you help people navigate that fundamental fear? Because one of the reasons why people do allow them, allow other people to violate the boundaries and the promises and things like that is because of that fundamental fear that I will be left alone. Yeah, um, that's, that's a really good question because a lot of what I do in my therapy work is I walk young women through this process of self-love because they come into my office and they have this expectation. I'm going to tell her my problem by session three, we're going to be good. Mm, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> so I'm going to tell y'all right now. And, and Lucretia is probably like the fifth person that has come on this show and confirmed you ain't never going to be good by the third session. You be no. thinking like, I, I'm going to come in here a couple, two, three sessions. I'm going to just get this off my chest and I'm going to be Gucci. <laughs> no, you're not going to be Gucci by the third session. No, I promise. <laughs> I'm sitting in that seat in six months, still trying to work things out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so what I like to do is I present this element of self-love like a tree. You got to start at the roots because like you said, there is this fear element that if I enforce this boundary, if I do this for myself or whatever, that I'm going to, I fear that I'm going to be rejected. I fear that I'm going to be all these things. Well, there's also another element to this, your roots, your origins. Okay. And, and you did y'all go back and check out origin stories. I just put that little plug in there. Check out origin. I tell you, she's a longtime listener of the show. She really is a longtime listener of the show. And I think origin stories, that series was back in series one, season one. But go season on, Lucretia. You, yes. you go right so, on. So you look at the roots, okay, the genesis of where this type of mindset came from. Because the thing about it is you can try to band-aid a habit or whatever, but you cannot put a band-aid over a gaping wound in order for the wound to fully heal, you got to dig deep and get, in some, get some stuff out. So we look at the roots. What's the origins? What was told to you? What was going on in your, in your family history? Then from the roots, and then this is also where ACEs comes from, okay? And if you're not familiar with that, that's uh, adverse childhood experiences. 
Okay, this is where some of that formation comes from. Then you look at the trunk, which is your belief system. All right, what did you start to believe as a result of the environment that you grew up in and the things that were told to you? Then you have the branches. That's the behaviors. What type of behavior stemmed from the belief system and the root system? You started to cut people off, manipulate people, please, all those things. Then you have the leaves, which is your emotions. How do you really feel about this? Because you know, a lot of, we're good at masking, especially black women. We can mask like the best of them. Strong black woman, I gotta do what I gotta do. I gotta survive all this stuff. So then when you look at the, the leaves, okay, how am I really feeling? If I took time to pause, how do I really feel about this situation? Well, I feel betrayed. I feel insecure. I feel shame. I feel all these things. So when you look at all these components, you got this tree sitting here. This is how you've learned to function either your whole life or at whatever entry point of the trauma. And so from that point, when you got this big clear picture sitting in front, in front of you, that's when you can really start to do the work now, because now you know what you're working with. Now you know what you've been living with and how you've been functioning all these years. So now, once we get this tree identified and labeled and all this stuff, then we start uprooting. Let's look at and start changing some of these mindsets, start changing some of these behaviors. It's a whole process, but that's usually where I start with my clients. Let me pull out the tambourine once again, because first of all, y'all, not only has she given you, and I'm a visual learner, so I, I love a good metaphor, baby. I, I love, you know, something that I can, can visualize in my mind. And so she's talking about the roots, these origins, and then the beliefs, and then the behaviors, and then the subsequent emotions. And Lucretia, here's my gift for you, baby, because this is my first time hearing this, y'all, but I'm, I'm gonna do you one better. I'm gonna add something to that tree because now that we didn't look at all that, baby, now, now the question is, when once you see what kind of tree you have, now what kind of fruit do you think you're going to bear? Mm. Mm. What, yes, kind of, what kind of fruit do you think you're going to bear yes, <laughs> when you come from these places of trauma and insecurity and, and fear and disconnection and fundamental beliefs that I am flawed, that I'm not enough, that I'll be abandoned, that I'm not going to be fully embraced for who I am. And so I have to pretend to be all these other things. What kind of fruit do you think is going to come off of that tree? And so here's the key, folks. Not only do you have to love yourself, not only do you have to care for self, but what Lucretia is saying is, baby, you also got to deal with self. That's that that's part of the thing. That's part that's that's part of of the gig. <laughs> you know, that's that's how this works. And so when when we go back to that that definition of love, that's why I say this is a consistent decision that yes. you're making this is not a a, a one time for the one time this is not a crock pot you can't just set it and forget it like oh i loved up on myself today because you don't know what's going to come up through them roots tomorrow right you don't know what's right. going to come up through you know and different seasons right you know and so once you have your tree different seasons you know you might show up one way you know in the warmer kind of lush climates of life but then what happens when things get cold what happens when mm. things get hard what happens when the wind starts to blow when the rain starts to to beat down it's like all of those things and so now we're talking about outer conditions lucretia girl by the end of this i promise you we could have a whole like love <laughs> vignette because because i will go there but but let me let me try to rein it back let me try to rein it back so i want to go back to something that that really comes up a lot in terms of of self-love 
And it's the notion of selfishness, right? It's like, well, you just being selfish because women, lots of women are starting to push back and say, wait a minute, I think there's this thing trending on TikTok right now. I got to take care of me, Lucius. I got to take care of me. <laughs> I think it's from that show Empire, but Taraji yes. is like, I got to take care of me, Lucius. I got to put me first. I got to put me first. And, you know, there's a lot of pushback on that. Like, mm, look at you. That's selfish. You you ain't got no business. And, and I really think that the, the notion of self-love has really been kind of misappropriated and twisted, usually by people who have agendas for your life that are, are out of alignment with what you want to do with your life. And so can you kind of parse out the key difference between self-love versus selfish? How do we push back on that message? Oh gosh. The first thing that came to my mind is, and it's, it's kind of a cliche saying, but you really can't give what you don't have, you know, mm-hmm. like self being selfish is you win it to win it. Ain't nobody, but you, it's all about me. I don't care what you think about it. This is what I'm going to do. No, when you're, when you're employing, implementing self-love, you're saying I'm taking care of myself so that I can better take care of you. I think you use this example on your last um, episode and we've heard it. If you travel, you hear it. You're on an airplane. (laughs) Would you say that the person is being selfish? Because they're donning their air mask first so that they can help you. No, you, you would, you would gladly let that person put their stuff on first so they can help you because now they're better equipped. Yes. Yes. I have to be able to breathe so that I can (laughs) help you breathe. (laughs) Exactly. So when we talking about, we got to take care of ourselves. It's not coming from a selfish place. Now, I can't say that for everybody because, you know, some people, like you said, self-love has been misconstrued and misinterpreted and all that stuff. And it has tipped over into that realm of selfishness. But to a person who is doing the inner work or who has done the inner work and who desires to be healthy emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally, that incorporation of self-love is so that they can give the best of themselves back out to people, if that makes sense. That makes total perfect sense. And so listeners, here's, here's, here's what Lucretia's saying. The, the key difference here is that the outcome matters and the intention matters. Okay. When you are selfish, the only outcome that you care about is the one that impacts you. It's like, if this ain't got nothing to do with me, then it, whatever, right. okay? like that's selfish, but self-love is a different thing. Self-love is let me take care of myself so that I can show up in the world in such a way that positions me to serve, that positions me to give, that positions me to love, that positions me to to care for and and offer concern and the best of my ideas and things like that. But unfortunately, what tends to happen is that we allow, we allow, we allow. Listeners, I know some of y'all feel like, well, I don't really have a choice. Yes, you do. You have a choice. Okay. Absolutely. Allow other people to kind of come in and, you know, trample our yard, trample our grass, you know, break down the fence and, and things like that. And we feel like we don't have any choice and we don't have any agency in it, but that's just not the truth. You, you can erect those boundaries. You can set those boundaries. You can enforce those boundaries. And the thing is, and I, I will never forget this. A counselor once told me you are not responsible for other people's choices and you're not. You are not responsible for other people's choices. You are not responsible for other people's feelings. And so 
this is why it's self love. You, who are you supposed to manage? Yourself. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> who's, whose feelings can you control? <laughs> Yourself. Uh, um, because trying to, I don't want people to think this, you can't control that. I don't want people to feel that I, you can't control that. That's not your job. That's not your job. Do your work. Stay in your lane. And I know that so many people, and this is really going to pivot us to this next part, women especially have been conditioned to take care of other people, that that our job, quote unquote, is to be the nurturers and the caregivers and the providers and the stay up all nighters and to give our last dollars. And th- this is ha- has been our conditioning. Otherwise, we ain't worth our salt. Right. Honey. You know, we're not worth our salt. So I understand that this goes against everything that you may have been conditioned to believe, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's not our job. That's not our job. It doesn't mean that you can't care for. It doesn't mean that you can't love. It doesn't mean that you can't do any of those things, but to do all of those things at the expense of yourself Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. basically you got to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. No, that is that is not the will of God. That is not the work of the Lord, sister girl, that ain't it. So (laughs) can you speak to that, that piece about why it's so important for us to amplify this message, not only amongst women, but also in communities of colors where we tend to see this happen so often. The reality is a lot of black women, women in general, but women of color, we are running ourselves in the ground trying to be all and do all to everybody. I don't mean to necessarily bring statistics in here, but I kind of have to hone in on that. Like the research is crazy. Go ahead and flex that master's degree. I'm not, I mean, you know, that's, that's, listen, you paid good money for that education. Go ahead, let it out. And did, and did. And did. <laughs> but the research, it, it, it doesn't lie. You know, African-Americans, we are, there's a huge disparity in our community concerning mental health. And then when you look at, when you start to parse and get to, and get to specifics, Black women, especially, because of course we're hit with single parent homes. We're trying to be, you know, both parents and fill the void and do all the things and all this and that. But it's like in the midst of it, we're losing ourselves. We are losing ourselves. We're forgetting who we are. We're, you know, we're on autopilot. We're just functioning at this point. Functioning, going through the motions and just trying to get through from one day to the next, which is what we talked about earlier. It's surviving. That's not thriving. You're not thriving. You're just trying to get through. Yeah. There's no way that, that you can say that you are at peace, that you're truly happy with your life when you're in that type of mindset. It's just not possible. You said something earlier about taking care of everything within your gates and all that stuff. That's exactly how I present self-love and, and boundaries to my clients. You, if, if you got a yard and you're working so, and it's sometimes I will literally draw a fence so they can see, because like you said, some of them are really visual. Everything within that yard, you're working hard to maintain. You're growing your flowers, they're flourishing, they're thriving, your plants, your grass is green, everything looks good. You've laid out this paveway and everything outside the fence, that's not your concern. You're not concerned with it, don't care at all because it don't belong to you. That's it. (laughs) But once people walk through those gates, there's a direction that you're to follow on the walkway. 
They want to come and trample your grass. You remember, um, <laughs> I think there was a skit that Dave Chappelle did. When he was Rick James, he went on the sofa, F your couch, you know, your couches. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> when people want to start doing that to your grass, it's like, you know, you have a choice. You can either get on the other side of that fence or walk on the sidewalk. And I'm going to tell you this, folks, let me tell you how simple this is. And, and this is this is the most common pedestrian example that I can think of. Now, pre-pandemic, back when I used to go in folks' houses and whatnot, you know, first of all, I'm not a social, I, I'm, y'all know me, y'all pray for me. I, I am selectively social, I'll say that. I am selectively social. But every now and then, when you would catch me out in these mean streets and I would be going to somebody's house, do you know I always made a point to wear good thick socks? Do you know why I always made a point to wear good thick yep. socks? Because if I'm going into a household that I don't know who this is, I said they might have a requirement that mm -hmm. I take my shoes off at the door out of respect for their home. Um, and if I plan to be in that home, engaging in whatever activities are going to occur, then I have to take my shoes off at the door. Y'all, this right. happens all the time. And whether we know the person or, or as relatives that we already know that that's what the deal is. We go to people's houses and you see all the shoes piled up by the door. You got to be pretty bold. You got to be you got to be pretty bold to just be like, "Oh, I'm not taking my shoes off." Well, mm -hmm. guess what you're not going to do? You're not going right. to come in this house. Okay, but you can do what you want to do on the other side of that door. I tell my students this on the first day of class back before we were remote. I would say, "Listen. If you want to text, you can text." If you want to be changing your Snapchat filters, I said, you can change your Snapchat filters. I said, if you want to uh, order some, some Uber Eats or some DoorDash or what have you, or you want to update your relationship status on Facebook, I said, hey, you can do all of that on the other side of this door. I said, if you on this side of the door, we got work to do. I said, we have a learning agenda and... Yeah. I invite you to be on the learning agenda, but if you don't want to be on the learning agenda, if you got other things going on, then yep. you can do them other things, but you're not going to do them with me. You're not going to do simple. them on this side of the door and you're not going to do it on my time, plain yep. and simple. And, but aren't you afraid the students aren't going to like you? <laughs> well, hey, what, what, what part of the paycheck is that? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I, I don't like right. that does not compute. Okay. Right. And I realize I'm a, I'm a special kind of person because that whole, how people feel about me thing. It just, mm, you know, I, I just tend to do better with those types of things. And I realize some of you do, but it's just as simple as that y'all. Like when you think about the things that matter to you, your boundaries, the things that make you feel safe, the things that make you feel secure, the things that make you feel loved, nurtured and cared for, that's your shoes at the door. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like th that is your shoes. At what are those things? And once you define what those things are, then you also have to do what communicate those things right. yeah. to people Yeah. Um, and just say, Hey, here we take our shoes off. Mm -hmm. And, and I've been to houses child. They got 
like one of my friends, child, she got a whole bucket of clean socks at the door. She was like, oh, it's, it's no problem. I was ready for even, yes, if you didn't come, even if you didn't come prepared, I have made provisions for you. I got you. you. I got you. My, my mother is like this. Okay. Like they had rugs in their houses for years, but baby, as soon as they laid them hardwood floors down, my mama went and got a bushel of Costco socks and they will be right at that door because what you're not going to do is walk through that house with no shoes on. <laughs> And so what, what, what have we missed? Is there any closing or, or parting thoughts as we talk about this notion of self-love? What is, what is anything that you want to just really hone in for the listeners as we, as we close out this series? Um, well, two things, if I may. Of course. So the first thing is when it comes to the practice of implementing self-love, I really encourage you to become okay with the response you're gonna get from other people. Because at the end of the day, we're not here to please other people. Yes, we are here for community. We're here for all those things, but it's not our responsibility to make people happy. It's not our responsibility to run ourselves in the ground at their comfort. It's not our, yep, go ahead, yep. (laughs) It's not our responsibility. We wanna make sure that we've taken care of ourselves and filled our tank to its capacity so that we can pour ourselves out to those that God has brought into our paths, our kids, our spouses, our family, those that he has connected us with in whatever form that we're to function in this world. We can't do that. I mean, if we look at the Bible, we see that Jesus often went to a place of solitude. Girl, (laughs) this is why I believe that Jesus is an introvert. Like Jesus always took time (laughs) to fill his tank. He was like, you know what? Y'all gonna head to the boat. No hesitation. I'm going to catch up. I'm a, I'm a, don't, don't worry about me. I'll, I'll be right there. But, but y'all go on because I need some me time. Yes. I need a minute to gather yes. my edges. Yes. Yes. If we're going to learn, let's learn from him. He yes. was the, the master at that. And then, so this is like a description that I kind of use to describe self-love. If I may read it to you. Girl, yes, I'm ready for my poetry snaps. Go ahead, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Self-love described. The ability to fully embrace who one is and all one comes with. Failures, imperfections, scars, wounds, emotions, personality, etc. Self-love extends permission to forgive, forgive self when one lets self down. It offers the posture of constant kindness and grace. Self-love moves one into the position of priority, choosing to fill one's own cup first before pouring out. It chooses to show up for self and care for self lovingly. Self-love chooses not to abuse with harsh words, behaviors, and people, and reinforces boundaries when necessary. Self-love consists of a series of beginning agains and yeses to self. Y'all, I'm snapping. Those are my poetry snaps. Yes. You know, I, first of all, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And self-love, we didn't talk about this, but you're absolutely right. It really does encompass that self-acceptance. Now, self-love is not to be confused with pride and ego because you also see some things out there like, well, this is just who I am and that you just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can parse that out in another series, but I'm going to just tell you, that's not the vibe we going for. That's, that's, that's no. not where we're leaning because mm-hmm. we, we all have room to grow. 
<laughs> you know, we have room to grow at the same time while we're growing, we're not going to, to, to speak death. You know, the, the power of, of life and death is in the tongue. I really do believe that it is. And mm -hmm. also possession begins in the mind, you know, so as a man think of himself to be, you know, he becomes, and I, y'all, if I can find this, I'm going to try to put it in the show notes, but I remember this study being done. There was like cooked rice. Have you heard about this? So there were like cooked rice and they put them like in like a, a jar or a container or what have you. And day by day, people would go and speak to kindly to one, one thing of rice and be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You're so kind. I love you so much. And da, 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 da. And then they would go and speak negatively to the other rice. Like, I hate you. You know, you're ugly. You know, you're just the worst. Like, did you know that the rice that they spoke ugly to turned brown? And what? yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and the other rice stayed white, you know, and they have done this with plants, you know. So the one plant they spoke kindly to, same water, same nutrients, same vitamins, what have you. The only difference was how they spoke to the plant. And the plant that they spoke negatively withered and died. Y'all, wow. what you say to yourself about yourself is so powerful. Wow. You all are killing yourself softly, not only because you're wringing yourself out, you know, running yourself into the ground for other people, but then what do you have left for you? You don't have mm -hmm. any loving kindness left for you because you didn't wring it all out. You gave it all away. And so we trying to listen, me and Lucretia, we try to save lives up in this joint. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we we, we try to save y'all from yourselves. And so- <laughs> Lucretia, where can people take action with you? Where can they read your blog? She's such a phenomenal writer, y'all. She she writes for the soul. Like she literally could have been like one of those chicken soup for the soul authors. Like Lucretia really just writes so beautifully. So where can people take action with you? Where can they find all of your writings and all the things? Thank you. Um, okay, so my Instagram handle is Lucretia S. Slater. That is L-U-C-R-E-C-I-A-S-S-S. -S later um facebook the soul food collective um now that you have to request because i kind of honor the people who are in that group so if you do want to like that you can um request to do that and my website www.lsslater.com and of course my book broken narratives restoration and broken pieces of our lives amazon <laughs> Boom shakalaka. So you can take action with her on Facebook. You can take action with her via her readings and writings on Amazon. You can take action with her on Instagram. Lucretia, thank you so much for coming onto this show. Thank you so much for being a listener of this show. Like, I just can't think of, of a better way to just honor the relationship that we have. You know, like that's that's one of the things about being a podcaster, y'all. It's like, there are thousands of you that listen to this show. And somehow or another, we're in relationship with one another. Even if I don't know you, we're in relationship with one another. But Lucretia reached out one day and like literally the rest is history. And I just am so proud of what she's done and who she's becoming and who she's helping. And I just had to bring that back full circle into this podcast. So listeners, if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and we are gearing up for our next series, Jesus, which is the dating series. And that one is going to be hilarious and fun. It'll even be fun for the married folks. Y'all going to be like, oh, let me go back and love the wife of my youth. Let me let me go back and love my husband and squeeze him a little tighter because baby, you don't want to be out here in these streets. <laughs> I promise you don't. <laughs> and I'll see you all next time.